You are now listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 98. I am your host, Dan Ryan, and joining me this week are Dean DeFalco. There's a uh, new Russian superhero movie coming out, and it's with a bear man. That's all I have to say. Uh-huh. And and the podcast. <laughs> Evan John Goldstein. One of my favorite comic book movies was, you know, Barbed Wire. Mm, a true classic. <laughs> and Mr. Matthew Much. I prefer one of the fettuccines. <laughs> I hope we make this thing a thing. Everything that we just did, I hope we continue to do it. I'm, did, I'm for it. I, I don't I know what we did, but okay. I, I don't know what we... What happened? So, on the run-up here to issue 100, landmark, double-sized extravaganza, issue 100 <laughs> with a soon-to-be-announced special guest, <laughs> we decided to change up the format of the show because that's how we do things. We decided so to this fuck week, off for these the f- two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we figured, fuck it. Um, the, the four of us are going to name... The best things that ever happened in comics, in our opinion. And then next week, we're going to talk about the worst things that ever happened in comics. And I don't know what makes us the authorities, other than the fact that we just said we're the authorities. We're but, uh, Americans, and we have opinions, and you have to listen to them, God damn it! Wait, who's Roman Reigns? We, <laughs> we have microphones in front of us. That makes us official. Oh, that, and it's on the internet, so it has to be true. I want to I be Dean Ambrose. I don't even know who that is. You don't need to know. It's okay. Uh, uh, you know, the Red Wall books with the badgers and the mice. There's a guy named Ambrose. He's a porcupine, I think. Isn't that some sort of dessert? <laughs> That's ambrosia. Porcupine? Oh, ambrosia. My mistake. Close Cat. enough. Anyhow. Next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Dean, since uh, since this was your call this week, was it your call? I don't even know if it was. I would like for you to start us off. What, in your opinion, and we haven't discussed these beforehand, like none of us knows what the other one is going to talk about, so if somebody says the thing we're thinking about, we're going to have to fucking scramble, because I don't know about the rest of you, <laughs> but I didn't think of an option Bubsy B. comic adaptation <laughs> directly from Sega. That wasn't a thing, was it? <laughs> I hope Don't it was. even fucking joke about that. There's been <laughs> too much Bubsy so in my upset. life lately. There's been way too much Bubsy in my life as of late. I don't know if I can handle anymore. Well, but see, Dean, uh, for those of you who don't know, we just finished uh, GeekAid.com, just finished the Pain in the Assathon, um, raised almost $3,000 for the Colon Cancer Alliance. Just a really great charity. It was a really great event, streaming video games for 24 hours. And Dean finally overcame his arch animus oh, enemy no 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 no, 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 and, no i didn't no no, no, oh, no he, didn't. Oh, he no. didn't so he has to do it again next <laughs> yeah. year oh got to the okay. uh, bum, next bum, to bum, last bum, level bum. and uh mm. it was just it was just too much and i ran out of time and uh i'm not playing the last slot next time because Tell you what, when you're up for 20 hours at that point, you don't really want to play anymore. You don't really want to do anything. Well. You just want to sleep. 
<laughs> I noticed that you handed the controller off to Chris, and he couldn't get it done either. No. So it was just too much. It was too bad. I, it was too shitty of a fucking game. <laughs> oh god! I was amused. You glad you were, I, asshole? I that out there. No, we so, weren't. You know, that's a thing. My so mom anyway, uh, messaged. No, no. My mom fucking messaged me. And she was like, you know, I was watching it, and then and then you just couldn't beat a level, and I almost had to stop watching. Could you be any worse? And I was like, seriously? <laughs> Fuck you! Were you playing Marge it? with Fucking the Marge. sick bird. Are you a backseat goddamn Jesus. gamer? Or is this happening right now? Is my own mother telling me I'm shitty at video games? Jesus Christ, what the fuck is happening? Can life get any worse? I submit <sighs> that it cannot. No. Oh, God. All right. I'm sorry. Did she message you like, this is the reason we stopped at one child? We didn't want another disappointment? <laughs> oh, that would have been pretty bad. That would have been too much of a burn. No, she did not. Thank, thank the Jesus. The Bubsy instruction manual was a comic. So, oh, is that counting? Mm. Is that what you're counting here there, Matt? Gross. Anywho. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry. What in uh, uh, what in your opinion is the best thing that's ever happened in comics? Oh, I I thought a while about this, and I I was gonna go with things that like probably most people would think of, or like that you know normal comic book people would think of. But I'm not normal, and I don't read comics all that often. Besides what we do on the show, like that's that's what I like doing and I feel like I offer a unique perspective because like I, I never I didn't grow up reading tons and tons of comics because just, just didn't I had other interests and then I got into it when I was in my teenage years and uh, I, I don't know I feel like that gives me a little bit of a unique perspective so um, I, I think the best thing to ever happen was when they started uh, I'd probably say in the late 90s introducing like actual video game characters from like sagas into uh into um the story arcs and stuff like uh Borderlands comics were really oh so it'll be a little bit late uh, late 2000s um sorry i'm i'm trying to think about my timeline here i'm getting a little messed up but Only yeah off uh, border- by a decade yeah it's okay. uh, Borderlands came out with a comic that was really, really great. World of Warcraft has a lot of uh, great story arcs and comics and stuff that tie directly into the games, which is really, really cool. Um, You got probably the most prolific one, which was Mega Man, which was probably, I'd say, one of the best written right up until the very, very end. And the only reason that it got bad was because they put more Sonic in it. So I think you guys know what I'll be talking about next week. But, uh, yeah, you know... There, there wasn't a lot of it back in the 90s and what was in the 90s, and I, I'd probably say 80s too. I, actually, going even further back, because I'm sure there was Pac-Man stuff as well. Um, it was just gimmicky. You know, it was it was like, oh, there's a ghost. Pac-Man's going to eat it. <laughs> That's the end of the comic. You know, stuff like that. Um, but as time progressed, you got stories that were better. And you know what? There, there's another really good example. Something like Injustice. Injustice was a video game first, but it made for a really, really good comic. Granted, you can make the, uh, the the argument that it's comic book characters just in a new story arc. So is it necessarily like, uh, um, you know, a, a 
comic based on the video game? And I would say yes, because the story arc is from the video game and the the comic book's just branching off of that. So I'd say that's the best thing to happen is that um, writers and publishers started taking uh, video game stuff a little bit more seriously and realized that there was content that was to be discovered there that could make for really good stories. Uh, I'm not going to say everything is good, uh, but... There's enough there where if you looked around, you'd find some really, really awesome stuff. The Udon comics with Street Fighters are really, really awesome. There's a bunch of really, really great uh, Street Fighter comics out there. Not the IDW stuff. Don't read any of that. That'll hurt your eyes. Mother of God. <laughs> so bad. So bad. That's like I a, think I, you bring ahead. up a really good point, though, because like, I know Evan and I, I'm sure, grew up reading the... Uh, like. Oh look, my favorite cartoon is now also a comic book. And oh, yes. when when we were young, we didn't know how awful they were. But a lot of it You was shut up your face. Shit. They, you shut your your stupid, stupid face. They were awesome. Look, the Heathcliff comics were dog shit. <laughs> and that's just all there is to it. But Wow, that's a really good poll, like, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um you know, treating the video game characters as legitimate stories with, like, an actual myth and or a whole universe behind mm-hmm. it, like they've done with the Mega Man comics, like they've done with, uh, w- even with the Sonic comics. We may not like them, but at least they are... They're there, yeah. Treat- they're treating them, like, a, uh, for real property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're they're giving it time, they're giving it love, and, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, where... <laughs> We're we're kind of surprised that that doesn't happen more often. Why isn't there a Metroid comic? That like that one and Legend of Zelda. Like those are the two. Just who who have does all the money? Who, who does the major Nintendo comics? I don't. Well, when was the last no, time there was one? No let's one. let's go into that. Uh, because the last time <laughs> I remember that was Valiant. Valiant had uh, really? control of the comics. Yeah, that was in the <clears throat> mid '90s. I think like '93, '94, '95. Okay, because uh, I could I could see a company like Dynamite or Boom or on IDW grabbing onto those properties and. A- Actually doing it. You're not going to see that shit out of Marvel or DC. I'm very surprised that DC is doing Hanna-Barbera stuff right now. Well, not to go And doing f- well with it, I think, right. is even more surprising. Right. Yeah. Yeah, not, not to go too far on a, on a different uh, note here, but I think uh, Nintendo had uh, a big moment in the 90s where, you know, it was... Their promotional stuff was all over the place. You had stuffed animals, you had toys, you had... Uh, uh, comic books, TV shows, everything. Whole nine yards, all their characters are front and center. You could see them wherever you want. I mean, fucking Kraft macaroni and cheese. You had Super Mario shape, so... That's true. They were covered. They were delicious. Oh, they were delicious. I, I had so much fun eating those. Um, But, uh, th- you know, the, the thing is, it, it stopped at a point. Like, uh, I, I don't... I, all those things weren't done by Nintendo. They were just licensed mm-hmm. uh, by Nintendo. Now, most of their stuff that they sell, whether it be toys, um, you know, uh, promotional stuff, shirts, uh, anything like that, is done through Nintendo. Their Pokemon crap is all Nintendo. You go to the really? Nintendo store to buy Nintendo stuff. In, so, okay. so they yeah. don't really do much licensing anymore. It doesn't. Uh, I'm. Again, uh, you know, if Chris listens say it, to this, I'm, say I'm it sure confidently, he'd be the Dean. One. Say it confidently. Give your answer confidently. No, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. That uh, no. Okay. A- anything just... that you see that 
um, you know, something weird or, you know, kind of out of the blue. It's probably not licensed by Nintendo. It's probably just something that came out and it's, you know, on a website. Like, you can find tons of Nintendo stuff on Etsy, but it's not, not licensed. licensed. It's something gotcha. that someone made. And granted, the quality could be great, but it's still not licensed by them. Um so, yeah, you know, you go to the Nintendo store, you can find whatever you want. Their website, you can find lots of stuff. I mean, hell, they'll even sell you a replacement cases if you need, mm-hmm. which is really cool because I don't see a lot of websites doing that. But, yeah, um, I again, it, it kind of just all dried up after a while. That You know, there's not a lot of stuff like that that's out anymore, which is kind of sad because... I think it would be really cool to get a Mario cartoon or a, or Legend of Zelda cartoon. And, I mean, there was the Netflix rumors for Legend of Zelda for a while. Um, but that seems to have kind of tapered off. I don't, you know, last I heard it wasn't happening. Well, the, so, the, the, the point of having other markets into letting them into the comic book industry would actually broaden the customer base. Like having the availability of a Metroid comic might bring in a person who has never read a comic book before but has played every Metroid game. <clears throat> you know, and that's the thing. It it would make for... All these things already would there. make for cool stories. Yeah, you know, it's it's not like you really have to make that much up anymore because we come far enough in, um, I, I guess, gaming where stories are kind of built into the games now. Even at the most rudimentary level, you know, you can play Super Mario 3D World. There's a cutscene that tells you what's going on. It's not like in the 80s where, you know, you, you just were kind of, all right, there's a red guy. He's got to get to the end of the level. I keep going to the end of all these levels. There's a big dragon. He dies. I get a princess. That's about it. Like, <laughs> no, there, there's a little bit more to most of these now, I which is kind of cool. princess. She's mine this now. This one is mine now. <laughs> no I, touching. I you, uh, d- don't look up feminism stuff about that because there's a lot of it. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I know. But yeah, well, I, I mean, so 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 back to the topic at hand. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of really cool things out there. It's just um, you gotta know what to look for. So I'm not gonna say that everything's great, but there's a fair amount of it where you know I I think there's probably a game that's everyone has played that there's at least one story for that you could probably enjoy. Well, and they've also, they've done some really, some really cool things. Um, You know, I would be remiss if we're talking about this, um, especially while Tiffany sits here in the room with me, if I did not mention Portal Lab Rat. So in between the events that happen in between Portal 1 and 2, the games are talked about in this comic book, or is a graphic novel that was put out in... um, like like 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And it is official canon. Like, they took it super serious and, you know, took this story that everybody... I mean, there's very few people who don't love the story of Portal, um, right. you know, who have played the games anyway. And they expanded upon the story. They jumped into the comic book universe to give people more story, which is just a really awesome thing. They've done it with, uh, with Mass Effect. I know... Mm-hmm. Um, off the top of my head, and now I'm fucking blanking on the rest. But I think that's a good call, Dean. Um, you know, in taking video game stuff seriously in another medium is an awesome thing to have happened to comics. So yeah, yeah, I think so. So uh, yeah, that, that that's mine. Excellent. Well, Mr. Matt Munch. Oh my God. What you got for us? I don't. I know. Were you? Were you? Were you sitting there thinking? I hope he doesn't fucking call on me <laughs> yeah, next. Yeah, that crossed my mind because. Uh... 
<laughs> I'm not nearly. I don't have nearly as good an answer as that. <laughs> Fake it, uh, Matt. Well, I, uh, Matt. <laughs> shh, yeah, I wasn't. Matt, what? <laughs> it wasn't that good of an answer. What? Hey, no, shut up. Don't Great tell answer. Dean. We were just. We were just bullshitting. <laughs> Video them. games happen. It's all right. Don't say anything. <laughs> Um, guys, I was just trying to, I mean, when you posed the topic, I wasn't really <laughs> sure because um, I haven't been with comics as long as you guys have. So I, all I was thinking of were uh, some of my favorite story arcs, and I wasn't even sure what was my favorite because I don't even understand myself, myself. <laughs> but uh, I had to think back to the ones that I just, I've read multiple times. I've come back to the same things over and over, so... I think one of the one of the best things have to be Huck. That's um, just it came out of nowhere. I mean, it got a little solicitation, of course, and I saw it, and they didn't tell you anything about it. They just had a, a picture of this giant guy with a little baby face, and there was something about the the quality of the artwork, and just said, you know, here's Huck. You can meet him in September or whatever, and they say. I want to meet this guy. <laughs> Who is this guy? And then they told you a story. They didn't draw it out. They knew the story they were going to tell. They told it to you. And you loved it. And um, I'm not saying it's the first time that's happened. I'm not saying there haven't been other quality works. But this one was just they took comics and uh, they told you a story and they really made you feel for uh, a character and it was just it's an amazing thing and I read it several times already mind you that doesn't mean I've retained anything but <laughs> well, I've read you, it you got the basics times. you got the basics guy baby face big got it hawk yeah done <laughs> sold closet superhero well and I think I'm I'm almost sort of jealous Matt honestly of where you have come into comic books and, and Dean you as well a little bit you know I know I know your history with comics goes back a little bit further than Matt's but you know for Evan and I Ugh. being being the elder statesman of the podcast <laughs> we slogged through some shit to get <laughs> yeah. to this point but, where we are now but you hung on well, see, and this I is, didn't. This is... I didn't. I dropped them for like ten years. What the hell are you doing on this cast? <laughs> see, well, I came he, back. You love them. Dan and I made it through. All right. See, like when what, what ended up happening is comics took us up this very high hill, up to a very nice peak where we could see the expanse of everything, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the '90s came, and that '90s weren't good. And, and then there was just this drop off where everything just became shit. And it wasn't like, like we slowly progressed into garbage. It just became shit for some reason. Don't know well, why. There's a huge drop-off. It, it, can't explain they, it. They felt we'll talk about it a little by... bit more next week. Yes. But it really did that 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 peak. You, I mean, you're so right, Evan. When, when comics were firing on all cylinders, there was a comic book store, it seemed, on, on every corner... You couldn't, you couldn't not find a fucking comic book. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, nothing. Every store closed up. Like, it was embarrassing to read comics. They were, there were color, color forms on the fucking covers. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. A complete drop in, 
quality in artwork in paper quality in the fucking stories like everything just went to shit so you know now someone like matt comes along and jumps in and he's got huck to look at we didn't have that equivalent in the 90s you know what i mean we had fucking young blood and all 37 versions of young blood that were out there mm -hmm. you know like just tiny feet and big pouches and shitty anatomy <laughs> that is all we had well i i think that just goes to comics hit like a a bursting point like just how i i hate to kind of say because i hope it doesn't burst but conventions right now are a huge bubble like they're everywhere uh people charge tons of money to go to them for some of them and you know are all of them great no no they're not in fact there's some blowback about some of them being really bad not all of them of course because we've been to plenty of great ones but uh the fact is that they're a dime a dozen now um and i think comics back then were a dime a dozen and talent was stretched to you know try and be everywhere at once you know you think about the uh artists now and how they work it's it's a huge load to do maybe two books uh that are running uh what twice a month mm -hmm. once a month and uh, that that's 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 a lot you know that you're doing 24 pages of art or 24 pages of writing for two books that's a, that's a lot to come up with just month after month after month you know that takes a lot of work um right. unless you're Mark Bagley and then you can do seven <laughs> obviously but <laughs> that's that's that the thing guy. you know the, the more you push out the more quality is going to suffer quantity never will be quality uh so I, with comic books you you can't do that. Like, people who read are normally, like, kind of privy to shit. So, like, it, it's just... The, the 90s just hit that point where it, it couldn't sustain anymore, and people got smart and were just like, well, I'm not going to pay for shit. So, yeah, comic book places started closing up because who the fuck's going to keep buying all this stock of crap? You know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, that's... That's what happened, unfortunately. I've, thankfully, a few have survived, and I mean a bunch have opened up uh, with this, I guess, renaissance that we're seeing of you know good books coming out. There's not, there's not as much bad stuff out anymore as there used to be. So, you know, thankfully, we do have places where people can go to and buy the stuff, get old comics and back issues. You know, not everything's on the internet because, God forbid, if that's the way it was, I'd, I'd like just gouge my eyes out i i like going to a store and like looking at books every once in a while even if i'm not gonna buy anything like i would like to look for something you know see if something catches my eye and i always have that option because there are places like that around me and it makes me sad for people who don't necessarily have that option a lot of the yeah, good it, stuff is coming out of independent publishers too yeah it's not like yeah. it's mm -hmm. not just marvel and dc that's the no you know, you're completely just, right the other just one. just you wait a couple more minutes and we'll talk about that <laughs> but um yeah uh -huh. it, it really was like <clears throat> comparing like the best the best comparison i think that i can make of of where where comic books were and just how dangerously close we were to losing this really i and maybe i'm wrong evan and maybe you know i don't know your opinion on this but i really think it was around the time when joe casada took over marvel knights that things really started to shift back towards quality stories. 
you know, not that all of them were great and not that Joe Casada is the only one who's responsible for that, but his run on Daredevil with Kevin Smith seemed to kind of signal the start of this new, uh, dare I say, golden age Ooh. of, you know, <laughs> comics that we're in. Yeah, right? I, I, the, the, the timing... The timing was poor because of what was going on around it. But when he took over that that story, it, he made the art secondary to the story, but not super secondary. Okay? Right. And, and that's what comics needed. We had a run of the artist rock star. And right. that does not give you quality books. That gives you pretty books. Okay? Not all of them are pretty, but that's all you're going to get out of a artist rock star book is a pretty looking book. If there's mm -hmm. no substance to it, it's not going to last. And that's what Casada did. He gave it substance so that it it is it wasn't the dime store bullshit that they were throwing into the really, really pretty looking books. So they got like thicker paper or something? <laughs> Heav heavier stock. Better inks, you know, <laughs> all of it. Glossy. It, it, it was, yes, that is a, a very good point in time to look at that that was, it was a, a turning point. Um, it was just the right guy in the right place at the right time. So comics had yeah, this. Yeah, he, he really did end up, you know, through a lot of time. I mean, Joe Quesada is, is incredibly talented. Mm -hmm. He's, He's great. A, but, isn't he top brass now at Marvel? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's like chief creative officer or something like that like he's above editor-in-chief now but i mean he really he really did happen to luck into being right place at the right time but it we really were sitting at a situation um again to, to tie it back in with video games a little bit the way the wii ended its life cycle before the wii u came out now the wii u has not been the success obviously that i'm sure nintendo had hoped it to be but the amount of shovelware that existed on the wii like everybody had a wii your grandmother has a Wii for some fucking reason because they play bowling at the old folks' home. Like, everybody hey, had a Wii a just like everybody had a copy of The Death of Superman. Mm -hmm. And then there was a bunch of shit that also went along with it that people bought for a little while even though it wasn't any good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, people decided, fuck you, and they stopped. You know, it, it was it was dangerous. We need to, we need to stop to, talking about this because we're going to, to we're gonna talk about it again next week. We are. We are. So, so anyway. Because um, I'm going to be talking about it next week, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I, I heard you say my name, so it's my turn. Listen, when, when this was brought up to as, as a topic, I didn't know if we were going for the best thing to happen to comics or the best thing to happen in comics, which would be story, blah, blah, blah. So I came up with a couple of things that I'm going to breeze through really quickly. Um, I don't think... Matt and or Dean will have the same perspective as you and I do, Dan, on the things I'm about to say. Right. But first and foremost, one of the best things to ever happen to comic books was the LCS, your local comic shop. Back when I was young, there were no comic book shops. I was what? I was five years old, and you'd have to go to the drugstore, and they had a spinner rack. Okay? Then... They started making independent stores, some brick-and-mortar places where they put everything that I could huh. ever possibly want into one store. It was it was beautiful. Wow. Now, now other things happened with that, that that we'll talk about next week, but that's 
one of the best things to ever happen. On top of that, at, at, at one of the best things to happen in comics was Crisis on Infinite Earths. The truth, absolutely, the truest, most perfect example of what a crossover should be, is Crisis on Infinite Earths. It 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 is the epitome of storytelling, the the epitome of interaction between a multitude of characters that has yet to be done again. Okay? A lot of stories have tried. A lot of companies have tried. It, we get stuff like the Green Lantern crossover that happened, what, eight years ago, give or take, all the way down right. to the Mario-Sonic crossover that we all know Dean is a huge fan of. <laughs> Mega Man and Sonic and all of that shit. First one was great. Second one, not so much. All the companies and all the story writers and artists have been trying to get back to Crisis. And they have been falling short ever since. And the last thing that I have that was one of the best things to ever happen to comics, and you're going to have to bear with me on this one, was Image. Okay. Now, granted, Image came out in the 90s, and there was a lot of negative towards it or that, that led from it, which was the 90s artist rock star. But what Image gave us was the independently told and owned stories. Okay. Marvel and DC weren't doing that. Marvel owned all of Marvel. DC owned everything that came out of DC. Now, a company that was tired of that, or people that were tired of that situation, banded together and made a company to strengthen the story and the art. First, they concentrated on the art because they were all goddamn artists. But if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't get things like Huck. Okay, so it took... 15 years or so mm -hmm. and image became a phenomenal thing to happen to yeah. comic books it image comics really is like it is it is the shining beacon of hope in mm -hmm. in the otherwise sometimes very very dark night that is uh, see what you did that there. is Marvel and DC comics at at a time mm -hmm. because Batman. as much as we love Marvel or DC um they tell basically the same story it, they tell superhero stories with a couple different trapping with image though you get everything and it is a creative outlet for these incredibly talented people to then go and tell their stories in their own way without having to like worry about what Warner Brothers thinks of you. Or now, as much as Marvel may say that they don't kowtow to Disney in any way, they you totally know there do. is Disney oversight in Marvel comic books. Mm -hmm. So Image just goes, no, we're going to let you do the thing that you want to do. We're going to trust in your artistic integrity and talent to tell a story. And it has given us some absolutely incredible things mm -hmm. i think another important thing and i don't know because i don't work at high up in image i think they probably have a bit of a philosophy that they're not concerned with being everything to everyone they absolutely have a, not they have an author and or an artist come along they want to tell a story so image lets them tell it they're not concerned with everyone liking it or not offending people, I mean, probably to a degree, but not like, like, not like a 
a heavily guarded degree. Mm-hmm. And that's why great stuff's coming out. Yes, and and at the same turn, it we have to take the good with the bad because not everybody is a phenomenal storyteller. Not everybody is a phenomenal artist. But Image gives all of those people that truly have the want and desire to do it, it gives them a platform to actually do it. I couldn't agree more, man. I, I am so thankful that Image exists. And that, that kind of dovetails almost perfectly into you know, what I think has been the best thing that has happened to comics over the last, Spawn. you know, number of years. Well, obviously. <laughs> owl tits. In, owl tits. It was Spawn was number one. One A was Owl tits. Owl tits. I like it. <laughs> um, best no, thing to happen to comics. Like, for me, the main, the main thing, the most important thing that has happened in the last 15, 20 years of comic books and, you know, it is the viability of the independent publisher and the the explosion of technology throughout the comic book industry has led to some downfalls you know there there is a lot of there is a lot of piracy there is a lot of um stealing of artwork I, there was just a story that popped up um a week or so ago about people downloading artwork off the internet like off of people's deviant art profiles mm-hmm. And and then going to conventions and selling it. As what? Stop! Dude, that's oh, fucked man. up. Oh which well, is, I mean, I'm not surprised. But they but put that's... it through a filter, which makes it yeah. look like scratchy spray paint, and then it's art. <laughs> and then they sell it. It's, it's oh, fucking geez. insane. Yeah. But there's also the the technology has also given rise to the independent publisher not having to fight the the corporate giant market share that Marvel and DC and Image. I mean. Let's face it, Image still being an, an independent publisher is still, it's the big three. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at, uh, at Oni Press or Boom Studios or IDW or Dynamite or Titan Comics or whoever, you know, whoever else we're talking about, they can sell their books digitally now. And they, are, they, are, they have a viable market strategy to where you can tell these stories that maybe if Image doesn't pick up on your book... Maybe you go to Oni Press and you do your book there, or maybe you go to IDW or Dynamite. You know, there's there's the so many different avenues you don't to even, be able to sell these things. You don't even and have you don't to even do it to. that way anymore. You could yeah. do it yourself, like Brian K. Vaughn has done with the Private Eye. I know there's, there's been a couple others, but you know, you can you can make your comic the way that you want and put it out there now. It helps if you're somebody like Brian K. Vaughn, who everybody loves. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's like if we made the Paper Cuts comic, I, we're probably not going to see the same sales numbers. Bro, we cornered the fucking market. Everyone would If we that. put enough boobs in, we will. Especially enough owl, owl boobs. Enough owl tits <laughs> in, in our book. We just call the book Owl Tits, and, you know, we're guaranteed probably six or seven sales. That From call us. The book, call the book Owl Tits. We don't even put any boobs in it. It'll still sell six or seven copies. <laughs> All I got to do is put it in a black bag. But, you know, like somebody like a Brian K. Vaughn is able to put out the private eye. You know, he writes the story. Marcos Martin draws it. It is completely done for a digital medium. It is done for tablets and computers and whatnot. And it looks great. It reads well. You know, it's cool. It's interesting. And they put it out as a pay-what-you-want model. 
Whoa. And, you know, I think they said most the average sale on that book was like three bucks. Mm-hmm. So people are paying what they would pay in a store for it. But there's no printing. There's no shipping. There's no overhead. It's just pure creative vision. Very aggressive. And, and it's it's a beautiful thing. I love that we live in a world where that sort of thing exists. Well, I think the positives far outweigh the negatives on that. We also have um, stuff like the Humble Bundle and stuff that they release. Absolutely. A group of comics, you know, and you pay what you want. And while, you know, you don't get to necessarily pick what you want out of it, it well, out of, like out of anything, but they give you a group of stuff that you might like. And, you know, obviously you get to see it before you, you know, purchase it you're going to see what titles you get so you know there might be something you were thinking about getting like oh i don't know uh i like stephen king a lot so his dark tower comic books are really popular let's uh put those in a bundle and sell them to people and they can pay what they want so you pay 10 bucks you get three paperbacks Eh, that's not bad man that'll get you right into the books it's digital and they're delivered right to your computer Mm -hmm. and and that's the other thing too you know i it eliminates that worry of, you know, because I, I read a lot of independent comics. And I, I remember when I used to go to, you know, a shop that has since closed down. But I used to go in to uh, A-plus cards and comics in New Jersey. And I would go in and talk to my buddy Bill. And I'd be like, Bill, there's this new book out. Did you order it? And he'd be like, fuck you. Of course I didn't. Because you're the only one who would have bought it. <laughs> okay. You know, and then he would he would... He would then reorder it for me on the, you know, the reorder sheet and it would come in like two weeks later or whatever. But, you know, that that worry isn't there anymore, you know, for weird books that, you know, the Warriors of the Zodiac book that we read a couple like a couple weeks ago. There's they're probably not ordering 50 copies per, you know, per store. No, you know, that that's Mm -hmm. a book that's lucky to exist in print form. (laughs) But. It's something that they can push. It's something that through word of mouth you can go find. I don't have to go to a store to hunt back issues anymore. I can hop on Comixology. I can hop on the different apps. I can get there is access to these things that there never was before. You know, comics used to be in order to read a complete story when we were kids, it was it was preventative. There Mm -hmm. was almost no way to do it other than a lot of legwork and a lot of times a lot of money to go back and get these stories right you and know, it's exactly to my point about the whole the like it's you could see the evolution first it was spinner racks and mm-hmm. basement conventions church basement conventions then mm-hmm. the lcs's started and then conventions became bigger and they were above ground and all of a sudden everything <laughs> became like it became a a a a, a, a culty type thing now digitally mass available like you can get you can get a comic book anywhere you you sneeze and someone hands you a comic book to wipe your nose with well, television going to work very well movies <laughs> yeah that's true video games like you the progression is it's no other industry has gone on in that that same path especially yes it may seem like a long time but this quickly I mean, it, it really has the evolution really has been lightning fast. Yeah, it, that's it, true. Over the last couple of years, it has gone from digital comics. No, we could never to I can jump on and subscribe to the Marvel Now service or whatever it's called and just 
it's like Netflix for comics, mm-hmm. you know, which is insanity mm-hmm. that that is a thing that exists. When I was ten year old, me is so fucking jealous of <laughs> he mad older jelly, me, yo. <laughs> who, you know, I, I I don't need. There is so much availability. I don't have time to read all of it. And that's a great you know, problem to have. It really is. When the thing it that you really love is. is so abundantly available that you can't <laughs> love it enough. Yeah. I can't love this enough. There's so much of it, and there's so much of it that's good now. Yeah. You know, and there's there really is something for everybody now. Mm-hmm. That you know, you can't find a comic. There, you can't find a person that wouldn't enjoy X, Y, or Z. Right. You know, what, from what, little kids on up. Working back at, at, at a shop, when someone, a, a stranger, if you will, a, a newbie, would walk stranger into the store. Danger. Would walk into the store not knowing what they wanted, or that I had the availability to go. Well, what do you like? Forget about comics. What's your thing? Because I guarantee yeah. you, it's in comic book form somewhere. I, I got just the thing for you. You know, so it really is. You know, fuck Matt, you are so lucky, and Dean, you too. You guys, you didn't have to suffer. Thanks through this shit that we're going to talk about next week. I, can, I I'm actually really curious as to what the worst, like next week when we start talking about the worst things, what they will come up with. Yeah, because I don't know that they have answers as good as ours. But <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, my worst thing is just part of one of the best things so it does, doesn't even count as the worst thing <laughs> oh you that's a little teaser young, for y'all young sons of bitches <laughs> i mean evan and i next week are just going to go on an hour and a half rant about todd mcfarlane and fucking rob <laughs> that son of a bitch i i love pouches though <laughs> i love pouches i like that they get hold things pouches yeah, and big pecs and and weird feet and humongous capes and <laughs> spider webs that actually look spider webby like <laughs> i love pecs so big they outdo porn stars tits this is <laughs> i <laughs> don't <laughs> i have the artist for you my friend <laughs> gentlemen i think that was a uh, a rather lively discussion but i think uh i think we're gonna go ahead and put a pin in it Right there until uh, till next week. Just uh, right there. There it is. Pins in there. Um, announcer guy, tell us a couple things. Thank you, Dan. Attention listeners. Did you know the Geek Aid crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geek Aid website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geek Aid by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekaid.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan! Thanks again, announcer guy. And once again, thank you for listening to the Paper Cuts podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you have a minute when you're done listening to the show, why don't you head on over to iTunes or Stitcher? Go ahead and leave us a nice uh, five-star review. And uh, Why do you keep sounding really does, like uh, that that guy? For, yeah. <laughs> don't, why don't you just go on over? Why don't it's you, nice. Why don't you just head on over. <laughs> leave, click those five stars. Don't click four. That's some old bullshit. Why don't you help just us click out? Five. <laughs> It's the easiest way to get more eyes and ears on the show, and it costs you absolutely nothing, minus like five seconds of your life. So, uh, whatever. We're worth it. Join us again next week when we sit here and talk about the worst things that have happened in 
comic books. And I, I and I agree with Evan. I am really curious to see what what Matt and Dean come up with. But until that time, for Dean DeFalco, for Evan John Goldstein, for Matt Much, and for Dan Ryan, I am Dan Ryan. I get three names. <laughs> it's never not going to be funny. 